This is Indianapolis coach, Reggie Wayne, and you're listening to the For the Culture podcast. This is the For the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond. Guys, welcome back to the show. A couple big moves made by the Colts this offseason. All trades has basically been trades and bringing guys back. First and foremost, though, I have to apologize for being MIA. My laptop, and if you guys follow me on Twitter, I have changed my Twitter handle from for the culture to Luke Diamond Show. But if you guys follow me on Twitter, I put up a picture of my car. I was in New York City last weekend for like this family friend event. It was kind of like a St. Patrick's Day thing. Broad daylight, my car window got smashed, my laptop got stolen, and it was crazy because it's not like I had a MacBook Pro just sitting on my car seat and somebody broke the window and took it. It was in a black backpack right next to another black backpack that had dirty laundry in it. And the guy apparently, according to a witness, broke the window, grabbed the backpack, somebody screamed, I'm calling the cops, I'm calling the cops, and he took off. So it's not like he looked through the one backpack, then looked through the other one and took the one with the valuable in it. The guy just kind of got lucky, broke the window, grabbed the backpack, took off, and he took the right one for him, the wrong one for me. So now I have to fix the window, which I just got to fix. It was ridiculously, I thought it was overpriced, but I got the window fixed and an oil change. It cost me about 900 bucks, and they did tire rotation. The mechanic, it's like that episode of Seinfeld where they just keep adding shit to your bill, and then you're supposed to just say, oh, okay, because we don't know. Like, if you're bringing your car to a mechanic like me, you might not know anything about cars, and then you get screwed over. So I had that. Now I have to get a new laptop, MacBook Pro. It's like 1500 bucks. new microphone, new case, new everything. So that's how my week went. It's going a little bit better on West 56th Street as Chris Ballard makes three really solid trades this offseason. Like everything the Colts have done has basically been making trades and bringing guys back. So this was our third solid trade of the offseason, and it's the Colts landing Matt Ryan. Now, of course, we also make a trade, Rocky Asin, for Yannick Ngakwe, really good edge rusher who's been a thorn in the Colts' side since he got drafted by the Jaguars, so he was in Jacksonville for a couple of years. Then he goes to Minnesota. We play him early in the year. Then he goes to Baltimore. We play him again. Then, so twice, after being in our division, being a Colts killer for three years with Jacksonville, he finally leaves the division and he goes to not only one team in the NFC who we see, but then he gets traded back to the AFC, and we see both teams in 2020. So we saw Ngakwe twice when he wasn't even in our division. Half the year he spent in the NFC, we saw him two times. He had a sack. Then last year with the Raiders was one of the two big wins that kind of got the Colts knocked out of the playoffs last year because they beat us in Week 17, then Jacksonville beat us in Week 18. And you look at 26 years old, been in the league for a couple years, 55.5 sacks, 7.5 sacks in nine career starts against the Colts. And we basically get him on a one-year $13 million contract. So Rock was good last year. I thought it was his best year. So you're trading him at a high, and you're bringing in a player, I think in my opinion, a better player who has done it longer, and he's been a better player at a more important position for a longer period of time in the National Football League. So I think we get the better player at the more important position, more proven, and he's been durable. So he's been a good player in this league. He's been a Colts killer. So now the Colts killer becomes a Colt as the Colts make a trade, Rocky Asin for Yannick Ngakwe. So you look at the first trade, the Carson Wedge trade to Washington. I thought that was a win right off the bat. And we lost that trade last year, trading for Carson Wentz. Now we trade him away, and it's nice to get something back in return. Then you trade Rock for Yannick. And now the third trade, the big trade this week, 
Yesterday, we sent the 82nd pick in the third round to Atlanta for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan comes in, 37 years old, in May. He's only missed one start since 2009. He's only missed three starts in his 14-year NFL career. He is the 2016 league's MVP. He blew, of course, he is infamously known for blowing the 28-3 lead against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That wasn't necessarily Matt Ryan's fault. There was no reason for Atlanta to be throwing up 25 points. I always blame that on Kyle Shanahan. But you do think back to the last couple of years for the Colts. Last year, particularly, how many blown double-digit leads this team's had where we're throwing the ball late with a lead when we have the best running back in football. So hopefully Frank Reich has learned and Matt Ryan brings some experience Coach, we should be running the football with a big lead at the end of a game because Matt Ryan's career, unfortunately, is stained. And he doesn't have a Super Bowl to go along with his 2016 League MVP award because Kyle Shanahan felt the need to throw the ball up 25 points when you're not playing the Patriots anymore, you're playing the clock. So we all remember that Super Bowl. We were big Matt Ryan fans that day. Unfortunately, did not go the way we would have liked. But now we get Matt Ryan here. Best offensive line he's ever had, probably the best defense he's ever had, best running back he's ever had. So we're putting a lot of pieces around him. Of course, he's also had Julio Jones and really good receivers at times in Atlanta. We don't really have that outside of Michael Pittman Jr. And of course, Pittman at this point in his career is nowhere near a prime Julio Jones, which Matt Ryan played with in Atlanta. So we do need to add receivers. We do need to add a tight end. But Cole fans were complaining a lot this week. Every time a wide receiver signs somewhere that the Colts didn't go after him. First off, there are actually better wide receivers still available than some of the guys that got ridiculous contracts last week. Like that Christian Kirk contract made no sense for Jacksonville. Yes, I understand they could get out of it after the second year, but those first two years, at least that second year, still doesn't make sense. Those are the type of contracts where if we go out and sign it, everybody's happy now, and then you are upset during the season, and you're even more upset next year. So those are not the type of contracts in March, that win you games during the season. You'd be better off bringing Zach Pascal back because at least he knows the system. He's a great blocker and all of that. He's a great locker room guy. That Christian Kirk contract made no sense. You look at other contracts like the Juju contract. That would have been nice. I would have done that. But at the time he signed, and he still probably signs with Patrick Mahomes over Matt Ryan anyway, but at the time of that deal... When he signed with Kansas City, Sam Ellinger was the quarterback on paper in Indianapolis. So even if you told him, hey, listen, next week we're going to try to trade for Matt Ryan, he would still be signing a contract on a prove-it deal where next year he's hoping to go out and get a five-year, six-year contract that could set him up and his kids up for life. But what are you selling these guys? Sam Ellinger? Like, even though we knew that was not the final plan and they were going to get somebody, thankfully it's Matt Ryan. I wanted Matt Ryan more than Baker, more than Mariota, more than a lot of the guys that were available that were kind of options for the Colts. So I'm glad we got Matt Ryan. But you're selling wide receivers in free agency on trust me. You're basically saying, hey, man, trust me. Sam Ellinger's not going to be the quarterback. But why would you sign with a team that has a void at the quarterback spot when you could go sign a one-year contract? It's not about this year's money. It's about signing a one-year contract, playing with Patrick Mahomes, going out, putting up ridiculous numbers, and the following year, next year in 2023, getting a five-year, six-year contract where you are one of the top-paid wide receivers in the league. So that's the plan for a guy like Juju. We were not in a great position 
at the time to do that. But there's other guys available like Jarvis Landry. You still have Julio Jones. He's obviously taken a couple steps back the last few years, but Julio Jones is still available. Great connection and history with Matt Ryan. So that could be a possibility for the Colts this year. I think we're going to draft a receiver. We're going to probably draft a left tackle if we do not sign a left tackle. Right now, the biggest holes, and we do bring Pryor back, but right now the biggest holes on this roster, wide receiver, which should be very easy to target in the draft because every draft is full of wide receivers. Guys come into the league, and they basically just explode right out the gate. We saw a nice second-year jump from Michael Pittman Jr. last year. He kind of turned into a number one, a really good number two, and a back-end number one, and he was doing that with Carson Wentz. We'll see if he could take his game to yet another level with Matt Ryan. So Colvin's got to chill out. I think we've improved our team with each and every one of these three trades. We have not gone out and spent recklessly in free agency. So you have Yannick coming in on a one-year $13 million deal, essentially on the final year of his contract with the trade for Rock. And now you send the worst of our two third-round picks to Atlanta because I think we have 73 and 82. We send 82 to Atlanta for Matt Ryan. So you get a former MVP. It's kind of like... Rivers, two years ago, he's in his later 30s. He is most likely a rental. I do not think it's a one-year situation like Rivers, so I think we will actually see a little bit of continuity here where we will see a guy come in for two, maybe three seasons. People are saying, what do you think? Is it going to be like a one-year thing or a four-year thing? And I say right in the middle. Probably two, three years for Matt Ryan I think makes sense. He's only missed three games in 14 years. So like Phillip Rivers, you get a guy who's older but extremely durable. He's missed one start since 2009. That's over a decade of football in the NFL. That's 13 years ago now. Only missed one game. Full career has only missed two games, the uh, maybe the first two games of 2008 as a rookie because he missed two games his rookie year. I don't know. Maybe he didn't become the starter until week three. I would have to look into that, but he's only missed three games in 14 years. So he's a durable quarterback. He's a smart quarterback like Phillip Rivers. He gets the ball off quick. He's basically everything Carson Wentz wasn't. He's a great leader, gets the ball off fast, not super athletic. Again, like Rivers, more athletic than Rivers because he couldn't be less athletic, but he's not like Carson Wentz in that way. But I think he fits this offense very well. This is the guy I wanted last year. I would have given up more then a third-round pick for him last year. We wait around a little bit. Obviously, Atlanta's going in another direction now. And they're also kind of helping Matt Ryan out because Ryan wants to go compete. I don't know if we're going to go out and win a Super Bowl, but can we win the AFC South with Matt Ryan? Absolutely. Absolutely we could. If we were in the North, if we were in the West, would we be in a position to win those divisions? It would be tough, especially in the West. You look at... Now, Russell Wilson coming in to the Broncos, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Justin Herbert. That would be a very difficult division to win. But you look at the AFC South, best teams, the Titans. Best quarterback, prospect-wise, is obviously Trevor Lawrence. But the best quarterback the last couple of years, in terms of productivity, has been Ryan Tannehill. So I think Matt Ryan, there's no reason Matt Ryan can't come in here with Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in football, and the Colts offensive line, Frank Reich, who's done wonders for every quarterback that stepped through the door. I have problems with Frank Reich, quarterback development, and we saw it with a 37-year-old, or we saw it with a 39-year-old in Phillip Rivers. Now you have a 37-year-old in Matt Ryan. We've seen him bring a guy back basically from the dead with Phillip Rivers. Matt Ryan has a lot more life in his arm than Rivers had when Rivers came over. And Rivers played very well for Frank Reich. We saw Jacoby get off to a 5-2 and two start. Obviously, we saw Andrew Luck finish the season 10-1, and one, make the playoffs. We saw 
Rivers come back after a terrible season, his final year with the Chargers, make a run to the playoffs. Even last year, Carson Wentz, numbers-wise, was way better than he was in Philadelphia. He just wasn't good enough. He wasn't the leader we were looking for, and we needed to fix a mistake that we made last year trading a first-round pick for Carson Wentz, and we did the right thing. So we send this third-round pick to Atlanta, and this is what I think I love the most. So you look at Carson Wentz. We trade him to Washington for a 2022 third, a 2023 third that could become a two. It could become a second-round pick if he plays 70% of the snaps. And then a 2022 pick swap where I think we go from 50 to 42. We move up about seven, eight spots in the second round of this year's draft. So when you add it all up, we essentially traded Carson Wentz for Matt Ryan and a third-round pick next year. And that third-round pick could become a second-round pick if Carson Wentz plays 70% of the snaps. Atlanta basically eats all the dead cat money. We never had to pay Carson Wentz that money on March 17th. So we dodged bullets left and right with the money. We trade a quarterback for a better quarterback indirectly, and we get a pick back in return. Now, it sucks, again, that we gave up that first-round pick. So this year... Philly will be drafting in the first round. We won't have a pick. And that quarterback that we traded that pick for isn't even on our roster. That part sucks. You can't do anything about it except make good trades moving forward. So we come into this offseason and we make a great trade with Carson Wentz. Then we make another great trade with Matt Ryan. And when you add the two together, you upgrade at the most important spot on the field. You get a better leader, a smarter guy, a guy who's able to get the ball off quick. He fits everything that we were looking for in the short term. Of course, he's 37 years old. You hope to get two, three years out of him. You're not going to get five, six years out of him. He's not going to be Tom Brady where he plays till he's 45 at an extremely high level, throwing 40-plus touchdown passes and going all pro and making the playoffs and everything at 44 years old. That's not going to happen, but that's not what we're looking for. Again, we're looking for a bridge, and it sucks. But another thing I have to put to bed. There's people out like there's Cole fans out there that think we could have Justin Herbert right now. There was no way if we don't make that Buckner move that we're moving up and drafting Justin Herbert last year. So put that narrative to bed. This offseason, everybody wants Aaron Rodgers. Of course I wanted Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers stayed in Green Bay. He didn't go anywhere. So nobody had a shot at him. Russell Wilson. It would have been great to trade for Russell Wilson. But we didn't have the draft capital to go get him. Denver had a top 10 pick. We don't draft in the first round. How are we supposed to acquire Russell Wilson? The Seahawks weren't just going to give him to us. We were going to have to give them a crap load of compensation that we just, quite frankly, did not have. And then Deshaun Watson. I definitely would have traded for Deshaun. But how are you supposed to do that when A, they're in your division, and B, again, you don't have the draft capital that Cleveland has? So those three guys just weren't options. Houston was never trading him within the division. I'm actually a little bit surprised they traded him within the conference, but when you get that many picks, and when your player has a no-trade clause and he can basically force his way to go anywhere he wants and you give up three first-round picks, it's going to happen. So they keep him in the conference, but he was never, ever staying within the division. So Deshaun Watson was never an option. Aaron Rodgers was never an option because he stayed. I thought he was an option, but he stayed. So he, therefore, was not an option. And then it really boils down to Russell Wilson and you have a team offering a top 10 pick, and you have another team that doesn't draft in the first round this year. So how are you supposed to land that quarterback? It was impossible. So that narrative was weak. I actually think the Colts got the best guy 
I didn't want Baker. I didn't want Mariota. I would have taken a flyer on Jameis Winston as a one-year free agent, but I think you get more security here with Matt Ryan. Winston could have come in and turned into a franchise quarterback that he was supposed to be coming out of Florida State, but that's still a long shot. Matt Ryan, you know what you're going to get. He's not going to be here for 10-plus years like Winston hypothetically could have, but most likely wouldn't have been. So I just think we got the best guy. He bridges you again, buys you more time to find a franchise quarterback, to pray that guy falls into your lap in the first round or something like that. Maybe you trade up and you go get a guy that you see being the guy for the future, but you don't want to reach. When you reach, you set yourselves back. Last year, we reached for Carson Wentz. We traded a first-round pick for a guy that just was not worth it, and we set ourselves back. Another situation this year came up. Could have been Baker. There was a rumor going around. It wasn't true, but there was a rumor going around that the Colts were going to send a first-round pick to Houston, and then Baker was going to come to Indy in a three-team trade with Watson going to Cleveland. That would have been a huge setback. Baker Mayfield is not a franchise quarterback. He held back, and yes, he brought them to the playoffs for the first time in a long time, but they had a ton of talent around him. He basically held back a very talented Browns team. He's not a franchise quarterback. If we gave up another first-round pick in back-to-back years for Carson Wentz and for Baker Mayfield, all we would be doing is setting ourselves back. So you don't want to do that. The narrative that we had a chance to trade up for Justin Herbert a couple years ago is complete nonsense. That's made up by fans, and people believe it because it sounds good. Oh, we could have had, oh, you know, if we had a first-round pick, we could have had Justin Herbert. No, we couldn't have because the Dolphins were locked in on a quarterback. They liked Tua, and the Chargers were locked in on a quarterback. They liked Herbert. Yes, teams have moved up. San Francisco last year moved up about 12th, 13th in the draft. They move up to whatever it is, fourth maybe, to go get their guy in Trey Lance. So it's possible sometimes, but context is important. The Chargers were drafting fifth. The only teams up there were the Lions who weren't moving back and the Giants who weren't moving back. And if they were moving back, they were moving back with the Dolphins or the Chargers. The, neither team was going to let the Colts come back from 13 all the way up and jump them in the draft order. We did not have enough to give up. We didn't have the fourth or fifth pick to swap with the Lions or swap with the Giants. So they were never coming all the way back to 13. It just was not happening. So that is a made-up fantasy in Colt fans' heads. Justin Herbert had no path to the Colts. No path. It was impossible. So we make a great trade. We trade a first-round pick. We get DeForest Buckner. We re-sign him. He's been an all-pro since he's been in Indianapolis. It's crazy that the people who are the biggest Ballard haters seem to hate moves that were great moves. You bring in an all-pro at one of the most important, maybe arguably the most important spots on our defense. And we've had a top-10 defense the last two years with DeForest Buckner. The year before he got here was our worst defense under Matt Eberflus. So obviously he's made a huge difference in Indianapolis, and he's played at an all-pro level each of the two years he's been here. It's an ugly position at three tech. It's not maybe as flashy as some of the other positions, but the importance, the importance, like a left tackle, it's not flashy. It's an offensive lineman. It's boring. But the importance, the value of those positions are monumental, especially when you run a 4 3 defense like the Colts run. And it might be even more important this year because. Gus Bradley, and I hate to break it to you guys, he actually blitzes less than Matt Eberflus. So everybody wanted Flus to blitz more. We're going to see less blitzes this year. But now we have a proven edge rusher in Yannick Ngakwe. He comes in 26 years old, 
55.5 sacks. Quiddy Pay now going to year two. Dio going into year two. So you expect to see a jump in production out of those two guys. Yana coming in. He's young, but he's been extremely productive through the first four or five years of his career. So we expect him to pick up where he's left off. Grover, Buckner, we have one of the best defensive lines, I think, in the division and probably one of the best in the AFC. So I love that move. And Justin Herbert just wasn't an option. If he fell to 10, 11, 12, then I would say, yes, we should kick ourselves for making that move. But he was never falling past the Chargers. It just was not happening. So everybody complains about Ballard not spending money. He spends it smart. He goes out and trades for a guy like Buckner. He goes out and trades for a guy like Yannick. That's what you have to do. The guys who hit the open market are usually not worth the money. The teams are letting them hit the open market for a reason. They're letting him hit the open market because they're not worth the money to those teams. Otherwise, they would be paying these guys. If you have a guy in your locker room for three or four years and you watch him every day, you watch him work, you watch him in practice, you watch him everywhere in the film room, and you don't want to pay him, especially the productive guys. I think back a couple years ago, every Colt fan, we would do Q&As. Everybody wanted Le'Veon Bell. Everything was about Le'Veon Bell. Everything was about Landon Collins. That offseason was a Landon Collins, it was Le'Veon Bell, it was Antonio Brown. Could you imagine if we signed those three guys to the money they made on those big contracts, like the Jet contract for Le'Veon Bell, then who was it, C.J. Mosley the next year? Could you imagine if we signed all those guys? When you sign guys, big money guys, in free agency, and they weren't franchise tagged and traded like we just saw with Adams to Green Bay, or they weren't traded for a first-round pick on a new contract, those guys are usually not worth The great players very rarely hit free agency unless they are lunatics, like Antonio Brown's a lunatic. So, of course, he's going to hit free agency every now and then. Is he going to be worth it? Probably not because he's a lunatic. So, he's been worth it on a couple of one-year deals. Like that one-year deal in Tampa, he was worth it. But Oakland, it was a disaster with the Raiders or Vegas or wherever it was at the time. So, I'm not a big free agency guy. I love that Chris Ballard is not a big free agency guy. The Colts fans' favorite offseason was the Andre Johnson, Frank Gore, Trent Cole offseason. The worst offseason we've had in my lifetime as a Colt fan. You go out, you spend all this money, and it was the downfall of the Andrew Luck, Chuck Pagano, Ryan Grigson era in Indianapolis. You can't buy a locker room. You could add pieces, but the best pieces to add are usually the young and -and up-and-coming guys, the unproven guys, the Eric Ebrons, they give a one- or two-year deal to, and they come in and they prove it. But again, who's going to come in here, especially a skill player, a wide receiver, a tight end, who's coming in here on a one-year contract to prove it when Sam Ellinger on paper is quarterback one? Now on paper, and not just paper, but in reality, heading into week one, it's going to be Matt Ryan. God willing, he doesn't get hurt in OTAs and training camp in the preseason. Matt Ryan's going to come in here. He's your quarterback. Guys are going to sign with this team the next couple weeks because of Matt Ryan. So it's a big difference than Sam Ellinger. It's also a big difference, I think, than Carson Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz would have attracted some guys, and we probably would have seen Zach Ertz sign at tight end, but we upgrade big time at quarterback here, in my opinion, because the guy just fits so much better. So I like the Matt Ryan move. I love the fact that it's only a third because when the news broke, I liked it already, and I was like, just please don't be a first. Please don't be a first. Please don't be a first or more than a first. And then it comes back. It's a third-round pick, and not only a third-round pick, but we had two-thirds 
and it's the worst out of the two thirds. That was our third, and we still have Washington's third. So we basically moved up in the third round. We traded away our worst third round pick. We get a pick next year in the second or the third, depending on if Carson plays over or under 70% of the snaps for Washington. And then we move up this year also in the second round. So it was just a big move for the Colts. It was a good move for the Colts. You bring in Matt Ryan. He's a little bit younger than Phillip Rivers was a couple years ago. You hope to get two years out of him, which would be nice. And then we see where we go from there. So three solid trades here by Chris Ballard. Ballard doing Ballard things, not spending money, building the right way. We'll see a couple prove-it contracts here, and I'm very curious to see what we do at left tackle. I would like to sign somebody on top of prior and then address it in the draft. I really want a franchise left tackle. Right now, that second-round pick, it's either wide receiver or left tackle. i rather draft that left tackle. Jason's going to be back with you guys. It's been tough with us. I told you about the laptop earlier in the show. So it's been tough for us to record. I haven't had a microphone. I haven't had anything. My laptop, I've been recording now at work, and I wasn't able to figure out the Zoom to get him on. So he's going to send me a separate file. I'm going to put that up tomorrow. He'll give his thoughts on the offseason, and we'll get this thing rolling with the draft right around the corner. So fun times, exciting times here in the NFL calendar year, and that's what Chris Ballard does best anyway. Trades, draft. Trades draft. He's not a huge free agency guy. We'll see him round off this roster as we head into the draft, but you're not going to see him spend a ton of money on other people's sloppy seconds. It's just not his style. He's not going to do it. He's not going to cave, even though he feels the pressure, even though his seat is heating up. He's not going to throw a year away with Sam Ellinger, at quarterback, but he's also not going to start throwing money around left to right and buying a locker room. That's not how he rolls. Worst comes to worst, he gets fired. He's leaving this franchise in the best possible financial shape with the best locker room and probably the most talented roster possible via the draft and homegrown guys. I would love to have a homegrown elite young quarterback like everybody else has right now in the AFC, but unfortunately, they're hard to come by, especially when you're not drafting in the top 10 every year. A lot of teams that are drafting in the top 10, yeah, they find their quarterback that way when you're in the back teens, early 20s every year, it's difficult to do. And again, the biggest mistake Chris Ballard made was spending a first-round pick, sending it to Philadelphia for Carson Wentz. A guy he didn't even like, but a guy Frank Reich talked him into. So, that's the state of the Colts right now. Three solid trades this offseason by Chris Ballard. I'm absolutely a fan of each and every one of these three trades. I really can't see anything backfiring on us. And that's pretty much all I got for you guys. So, Jason will be back tomorrow I think it'll be an episode of Culture Uncut, and he will bring you guys through the offseason as well. He'll do a lot of what I did today and basically give his view on it, his opinions, his insight, and whatever intel and inside information he has. He'll probably talk a little bit more about specific guys he sees the Colts targeting. Like I think Honey Badger is on the Colts list of guys that we're looking at in free agency to bring in. So he'll go over all of that either tomorrow or or maybe on, what's today, Monday? So he'll do that either tomorrow, no, today's Tuesday. So he'll do that either Wednesday or Thursday. And then hopefully we'll be back together soon once I get my situation situated with the laptop, the microphone, everything I got going on when I set up my little home studio again after the burglary break into my car last weekend in New York. So that's all I got for you guys. I appreciate you listening. Keep it locked right here on For the Culture for more Colts news updates, breakdowns, opinions, and all that good stuff. I am your host, Luke Diamond, and this is the For the Culture podcast.